Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I'm your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K. Wimmer. <laughs> I'm Mariah Rose. You've already acting smug over there. <laughs> oh. Okay. No, I'm... I'm- Hello. All right, wise guy. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. This is a podcast about 80s related stuff. Mm-hmm. And this week we are talking about um, an 80s TV movie. However, this will be a little different. It's not an event, and it's but it, it's not a straight up movie episode, too. Because we're going to kind of talk about the history of this that spans quite a few years. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> well, we're all along for the ride together. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> uh, how's how's your thrifting been? Pretty weak. Yeah. I, well, I went with a friend, and we went looking at a Savers, and I didn't really find anything. I found some, like, almost wins. And the closest purchase was this, uh, it was like a pop art style poster. And it said, bing boing. And it was like a finger pointing. <laughs> wait, wait, what, what does bing, bing boing mean? Does that even matter? Is it like a millennial term? No. Okay. It's. Are you sure? I don't know. I'm not a millennial. Yeah. Or maybe I am. I think I'm on the cusp. Mm, I don't know. cut off? No, you're not. There's a gen... I'm Gen X. You're right after that. What is after Gen X? G- I don't gen, know. Oh, maybe it is millennial. No, it's not millennial. I don't know. I think I'm like old millennial. Yeah. But it, there's one year difference okay. between us. You're Who like cares? a senior millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I'm a grandmother. But um, I really wanted the Bing Boing. And I was talking to my friend and I was like, no, 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 no. I we have so many things to hang on our wall because we're both artists and we collect art. Mm-hmm. So we have art in storage plus art on our walls. I was like, I cannot buy Bing Boing. I will not buy Bing Boing. But she was into it. Yeah. And she was like, I'm going to get it. And she, I, so I pulled it down because I'm a giant tall person. Pulled it down and she looked at it and realized it was Ikea. So we were like, never oh, mind. Oh, you guys. Which is weird because you, Ikea furniture... <laughs> I accept. Ikea art, I do not accept. I don't know why. Like hipster elitist. (laughs) It's like, oh, Ikea, well, that's not cool. Picking and choosing. No, but Ikea is cool, but not for art. There's um, But Bing Boing makes me rethink it. That that reminds me of sometimes when I find, like, a cool mask or something in a thrift store. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I turn it over and it says, like, Pier 1 Imports. And then I get really mad. All the masks are Pier (laughs) 1. Yeah. I feel like somebody needs to look into them. They're yeah. really stealing from just random cultures. Yeah, really they need nilly. to shut it down. So I didn't actually find anything. Although my friend, the friend that I'd met with, Darla. Hey, Darla. Um, she gifted me with some secondhand stuff. So I think we'll count that. Yeah, that totally counts. What okay. What did she get you? She got me first two. It's Fruit that's like stained glass, which is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but somehow it works and I love it. It's so it's a, a stained glass banana and an orange. <laughs> Perfect. And then only if only there were two oranges, but whatever. Then I could arrange them. Right. But she also got us a uh, a black velvet painting because Oh yeah. I totally forgot about that. And it's of a matador, I think. We only need one more. Nah, I think we need like four or five more. No, not at all. Did you not look? Well, Seriously, we have to... only one more. 
Eh, we're close. Okay, so in case you're just tuning in, we have a small bathroom. It's off of our... Well, we have a large master bathroom, but the toilet is in what we call a, a poop closet. Yeah, it's a very tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny closet with just a toilet just in it. Just a toilet. And yeah. so, the I think it was the day we moved in, oh, you were like, yep. let's coat it in black velvet. And so we have been, and we have a lot. We're so close. Yeah, we're think, down to the odd size. Like, yeah, I think we need a couple horizontals. We've mentioned it a couple times before. We have a couple crying Elvis, black velvet paintings, ships, matadors, you know. The guy blowing smoke, like cigarette smoke into a chicken's face yeah, the, is my favorite. The pink panther sitting on the toilet's yeah, a good one. We've got so many. And we'll, like, I think we'll have to do, like, a full tour once it's complete. Yeah, but we're um, we're close. Anyway, what did you find? Um, I haven't found much either. I did find one tape, one VHS this this time. It was pretty cool. So uh, one of our favorite 80s adventure childhood movies is The NeverEnding Story. Mm-hmm. I have a really nice copy already, but it's kind of the second version. But I found this um, Warner clamshell version, this big one right here. I didn't even know... It came out in that version, oh. and it's awesome, super awesome. It's not in as good of shape as my other one, but I'm definitely keeping this one. That movie is so traumatic, way though. cooler. Yeah, so I found that. Um, not much else. It's it's slim pickings. It has been kind of a dry season. It's, I feel like we're building up road, road trip. I think. Oh, okay. I really have been dying to road trip again because I'm not finding anything in town anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, road tripping. To thrift is always a mixed bag. Yeah, well, but you win some, you lose some. Yeah, there you go. Well, glad we um, laid that out, and everybody's mm-hmm. aware of our non-thrifting this week. <laughs> so I tried. I actually went today. I was like, "Oh man, I got to go find my own stuff." And it was not good. I committed yesterday on lunch. I hit up about six to seven. Jeez. Thr- well, because it's this. Calm uh, down. They're all on one street. Whatever. Didn't find a single thing. Mm. And I was pretty irritated. And I was like, you know, I'm over this. Yeah, because you don't want to buy stuff just <laughs> no, to buy stuff. No, I'm not going to buy crap to buy crap. Okay. Well, on to this week's episode. A very interesting one that you... Actually, uh, it's an interesting story how we found this tape. Because yeah. I've never heard of this before. I've heard of Ray Bradbury's um, I Sing the Body Electric. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about, we'll go definitely into detail about that. But there was an 80s adaptation of that. 1982, right? 82. It was a TV movie. We'll also talk more about that called The Electric Grandmother, mm-hmm. which is that same story. I've never heard of this. I never saw it growing up or anything, but you definitely have. Yeah. Do you want to know how I found it? Yeah, I, I do. Okay. <laughs> so in. Um, when I was a little girl, we would go visit my grandmother in Gillette, Wyoming. Funny that it was my grandmother. But she lived just maybe five houses from the public library. And she would just give me and my cousins her library card. And we'd go there and, like, rent movies and stuff. Also, my cousin Rachel and I would go look up books on how babies were made. And But it was always, like, cartoon books. And we were still extremely, like... 
nervous about looking at them, so we'd go hide in the library, like under a bean peg or in like the most boring book section, and like read about like these cartoon people and like cartoon sperms and stuff. And it's scandalous. I have one of those. I have two of those books. Those uh, yeah. cool seventies, yeah, for sure. Um, like how babies are made, but they're like cartoon books. They're really awesome. Side note: I, I found actually, those one day at a thrift store. That same kind of time, we were looking at one, and my mom came looking for us, and we we're like, "Hide it, hide it!" And we got <laughs> so nervous, and I shoved it in, and I did not do a good job of like shoving it back in the books. And my mom said, "What are you guys doing?" Because we looked so <laughs> incredibly guilty, and we went nothing in unison. And she went, "I think you were looking at this book," and pulled it out. And we were, like, just big-eyed at her. And she said, it's okay. (laughs) And we didn't know what to do. But at the same library, uh, they had a great video selection. They did. I've been to that library, and I'm, like, itching to get back now because I'm like, I wonder if they kept all that. They don't because I went back because I was going to make an offer on the three robbers. Oh, yeah. That old one. Um, But... They had the electric grandmother, and that's where I first saw it. And then I later saw it on TV at some point, but that's wow. where I first saw it. Well, what's really weird about that is you had mentioned it, and you mm-hmm. said, you know, what would be really cool, it's right when we started this podcast, um, you had said, if we ever could do one on the electric grandmother, and I had never heard of it, mm-hmm. no joke, I think it was within the same month or yeah. couple weeks later. It was really fast. We walked into a Goodwill, and there on VHS was a copy of The Electric Grandmother, and I have never once seen it again, and I thrift like every day. Oh, yeah. Never seen it again. If I had ever come across it, I would have purchased it. Yeah, it it was such bizarre coincidence, like it was meant to be. What is that? Yeah, I don't know. What is that? Life does that so often. Sometimes. Sometimes it happens, but we've got this tape. It was really cool. It was a great find, and we've been meaning to get to it, so... That's what we're getting to today. Yeah. So, The Electric Grandmother, 1982. Mm-hmm. Before we launch into the, the movie itself, yeah. I think that there is a little kind of house cleaning in order with where this came about. Where did um, it come from? Well, interestingly, The um, Electric Grandmother was originally, the story was a Twilight Zone episode in 1962, Written, the only episode ever written by Ray Bradbury. The only one? Yeah. So he wrote, I Sing the Body Electric. and it, Is it called I Sing the Body mm-hmm. Electric? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Body Electric. Okay. No, it's called I Sing the Body Electric. And it aired. And then Ray Bradbury wrote a collection of short stories in, in 1969 called I Sing the Body Electric, which was reworking this story from the Twilight Zone in addition to some other short stories. And then fast forward to 1982, where this was then readapted into The Electric Grandmother. The title, I Sing the Body Electric, was actually taken from a Walt Whitman poem called Which I Sing read. the Body Electric. Yeah, we read that. And that was from 1855. And it's his a co- great poem. It's a really good poem. In his collection of poems called Leaves of Grass. And... So it's just got a very interesting history. We watched uh, last night, actually. We read, to kind of freshen up, read the poem Uh from Walt Whitman, and then we watched the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, it was great. It's on YouTube. Really. uh, It it is. I don't think that the full one is, though, because we ended up getting it 
like streaming oh, it through Amazon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I would definitely recommend it. It was uh-huh. interesting if you've watched this movie, this TV movie. I think you should definitely know the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, I would like to read the book. I was thinking last night, let's let's read the book because yeah. I figured it would be like six hours, but um, it was a big book, so we didn't have time. Yeah, but there you go. That's the um, the history of how it came to be. And then in pop culture now, I think uh, Lana Del Rey did a song called I Sing the Body Electric. And you, Well, you got to close the loop. You got to bring it all sure, the way around. Yeah. Uh, so this originally aired January 17th, 1982 on NBC. Oh, This was a TV weird. special. Mm-hmm. This is our third TV special, I believe. What do we have? The werewolf one yeah two minute adventures of two minute werewolf which was <laughs> so cool they all feel the same too yeah they've got that after school special feel what's there's... and then the second one was uh the alf special oh right yeah there's another one that this kind of seems like it falls in line with i think it's a disney f- film maybe I'm not sure. We'd have to look into it. But it's called Not Quite Human. It's got Alan Thicke. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. And there's a, there's a sequel, too. Yes. Not Quite Human 2. <laughs> oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that one. <laughs> but it was it's in the same vein of all those weird TV yeah. specials. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for them. I think they're fun. Yes. So, yeah, this aired in January 1982. It was directed by Noel Black. And uh, he did a lot of television and stuff like that. Okay. But, yeah, this was um, an interesting one. It's a first-time watch for me. I don't know when the last time you ever saw this was. I saw it in childhood, and I haven't since, I mean, below 10. Did you remember it? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a pretty simple story. So yeah, I remembered all of it, actually. Yeah, but it opens up. I loved this right away. I We haven't gotten to discuss this in a long time, but... Early on, almost uh, many episodes had this, but the classic 80s storm. Oh. I'm a huge fan, it's, it, especially in fantasy films like Labyrinth and Neverending Story and stuff like that, when there's like a storm happening to, to push the story forward, uh, Return to Oz. So mm-hmm. this well, has we storm. have this intro too as the like titles are going. It's an old man whispering about his grandmother, mm-hmm. and it's like all weird silhouettes as the titles are going. And yeah. I only bring it up because it comes back around in the end to bookend the film. Yeah, and it's kind of psychedelic too. Yeah, it's and he's just cool. talking about how he dreams of his electric grandmother. Yeah, electric and, dream grandmother. Yeah, and then it opens up to a storm, and there's mm-hmm. a little girl looking out the window. We find out this is Agatha. Mm-hmm. She's kind of our lead in this in this story. Yes, um, she's looking out the window like you do in the '80s when it's storming. You gotta, you and gotta then, brush your hair, and you gotta look out the window. <laughs> right. And then we uh, get introduced to the rest of the family, which is she has two brothers two brothers an older brother named thomas who's the narrator throughout this film Mm. and a younger brother named timothy or maybe a middle brother it's not really clear and then a father who is edward herman which you would better know from max from the lost boys yes and he looks um much younger but this is only like four years earlier or something like that so i thought that was interesting I went to look up uh, what else he's been in, mm-hmm. and it was like 130-something All credits. All of the and movies I thought, well, in the 80s. I'm not going to look that up. Yeah. I really like him, though. I think he's a really good actor. Yes. And the narrator, the older brother, Thomas, is the older brother from E.T. Mm-hmm. And then Timothy and Agatha, I think, are from Nothing Ever Again. 
No, they're not. I don't, I don't think they're... Well, I think Timothy might have been in a couple other things, but uh, Agatha, yeah, this was it. Not a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> Okay, so these there are these three kids and their dad. Their mom is sick and dies. And then uh, the narrator, the brother, Thomas, says Agatha took it the hardest. So it's this family dealing with loss. And their weird aunt, Clara, who, yeah. who even knows whose aunt it is? It's some super old lady, arrives. And she's there to help. But nobody likes her because she's a full-on busybody, like the kind who licks her thumb and wipes your face. Yes, she's definitely um, making a lot of suggestions that nobody asked for. Nobody asked for her to even come. And then, randomly, a helicopter flies <laughs> over their house. Yeah, this is really weird. So they're all just, like, hanging out. A helicopter flies over their home, and it drops three um, parachuted objects, like tiny, teeny tiny parachutes. Yeah, what's the name of the company on the side of the... Uh, it's... I have it written down here. The... Fantachini. Okay. So this is the helicopter that comes and just randomly yeah it um, says drops. like Fantachini Limited and okay. drops three helicopter or three parachuting items and they go outside and they pick them up and it's got their names on each one mm-hmm. and they put it together to form is it a heart that yeah, they form a gold heart and it starts talking and it's the creepiest it's like hello <laughs> I, no <laughs> I don't that think wasn't that, good that wasn't creepy no try again I can't okay well. I'm you, you sorry. Well. No, I did mean... I don't know if I meant well, but I meant something. <laughs> he definitely meant something. <laughs> okay. So anyway, the the heart talks to them, and it, it tells them that they're going to, like, where they need to go to get a grandmother. Yeah, this is very hard to follow at first, because me not knowing the story... Oh. Uh, I haven't read the book. I had the book for a long time, and... The, I sing the body electric and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I definitely want to read this. I just never got around to it. And I went through this uh, phase recently where I was feeling really guilty about having all these cool books and I just started to clear house on them. So uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I never read this. So I was confused and then uh, realized, oh, we're in like a, a sci-fi story. Yeah, but it's still the 80s. It's weird. Yeah, it is really weird. But it gives them directions to go to a building. And they do. They follow. It's like a weird factory. Yeah, they go the kind of an unmarked factory. They go there. And this eccentric. Yes. It, it's the, the name on the side of the. Fantaccini. Fantaccini. Mr. Fantaccini. He's kind of uh, quirky, like a Willy Wonka kind of character. Yes, I thought Willy Wonka, too. He's like a happy, weird inventor who's also creepy. Yes, definitely. And he goes in there and brings them a key uh, to the electric grandmother. The one that they're going to have made. He gives (laughs) it to Agatha. It's like heart-shaped. Yeah, and then gives them a tour of the place. This is where it's very Willy Wonka. But not like, don't get too excited. It's not like on a boat ride, Willy Wonka. No. But it's definitely got some psychedelic elements. And yeah. it's just kind of trippy and weird and kooky. I liked it. I, I liked this whole sequence I thought was really fun. Yeah, and he says things that are very, very in line with that. He says things like, I'm in the business of making dreams come true. And right. Stuff. Yeah. Very, like, vague uh, proclamations. I wonder if they were in. They must have been influenced by Willy Wonka. They had to have been because that yeah. came out in the '60s, so they would have been well aware of it. And then the dad, like, kind of like, said, pretends to be skeptical. So Mr. Fantaccini 
tells him 30 day trial if you're not 100% satisfied you return her and lose nothing so the dad's like well then okay and so they go into the grandma making room <laughs> yeah and this is like the funkiest part of the movie i think yeah and so first they have to go and there's this like weird cauldron of shadows of like sh- silhouette forms and they choose the shape of their grandmother what did you think of that I liked it. You know, it, speaking of Return to Oz, I like this period. Gave Return to Oz too. Yeah, I like this period in eighties, um, like children's movies and family movies. Mm-hmm. The ones that have this kind of underlying disturbance to them, where a little creepy. Yeah, they're just a little off, and I, I like it. And this had that same kind of quality to it. Where and it we just, watched it with our kids too, and they were creeped out. Yeah, it was just a little, not anywhere near. You know, Return to Oz, but no. it definitely had just a kind of an unsettling feel. Mm-hmm. But I liked it. I thought it was a cool idea. So they choose the shape of their grandmother first, and then they choose her hair color from like a, it's like threads of hair pulled tight. And then they choose her eyes. Yeah. And the one color of, the, of her eyes. One of the boys is really into the eyes being the same color as the marbles that he's playing with or okay. something like that. Whatever, you weird boy. Well, we learned why because when we watched the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. So, and then they, for the voice, I thought this was cool. They all shout, like, their words into a megaphone or a recording device of some sort. And then the grandmother's voice sort of a disembodied voice appears to them and it's like a combo of all their voices i guess oh but it sounds like an old woman oh okay i didn't i didn't quite put that together so it's like strangely familiar to Mm. them i think is the idea so they create this grandmother this robot grandma and they just leave and then they leave and they're excited and then one day the helicopter comes back and it has this (laughs) gigantic this is dumb why oh, what's the point awesome. of this it's uh it it's is for the awesome show. it's yeah it's dumb and awesome i guess uh, it's this gigantic egyptian sarcophagus mm-hmm. that's being lowered it's like gold yes from a helicopter mm-hmm. they run over they open it up and then there's this other mask underneath and then they remove that and there is their grandmother who does not look like a robot she just looks like a normal just like an old lady yeah a normal human we should also say aunt clara is really offended by all this and just leaves yeah nobody she cares about gets aunt out clara and they're like anyway. oh sorry yeah. bye see ya <laughs> there's this buzzing sound too that's really interesting coming from it so oh, yeah they put the key in and turn it and she she's awake she's awake She's ready to grandmother them. She is immediately goes into grandma mode. Instant. She's like, you're in your pajamas. pajamas it's cold out it's here. Cold. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. And then she also is like, she takes them inside, makes them all eat like each individually their favorite breakfast. Like she is going to win them over. And then we learn she has a special trick of shooting drinks out of her fingertips. Yeah, they do this a, a little too much. It's very Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I um, love it. And I wish I could do it. I just to be up front with this whole movie it could have done with a lot more quirkiness of the robot yeah then, like weird things she could yeah, do definitely not enough i would have like amped it up big what time. would you have her do well i don't know i just would have had her do cooler things like i thought at one point she was gonna fly she never did i just 
<laughs> she never did cool things with like with her, you know, eyes or lasers or scanning or you know anything like that. It mm-hmm. was it was very mild, but when it did happen, it was really fun, and you were like, but, oh yeah, she's a robot. It, but it was all like super cutting edge for 1980s. I wouldn't say it was super 82. Cutting edge. That blew my mind. In the We're 80s. like around the same time period as Terminator, so it wasn't clearly edge. Terminator hasn't come out <laughs> okay. come out because nobody's afraid of robots. <laughs> Okay. Well, I could have done with her, like, removing her face or something like that would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But anyway, she shoots hot chocolate and milk out of her fingertips, and the kids are impressed, as they should be. Except for, this is where we discover Mm -hmm. that Agatha has major anger management issues. Well, to be fair, her mom died, and they're like, let's replace her. Yeah, I gave this a lot of thought afterwards. And then after we watched the Twilight Zone episode two, I am 100% behind Agatha in this whole movie. Like, why in the world would she immediately... The other boys are like, I love you, Grandma! Why would you love a robot? robot. You don't know. I would definitely be like, you are not even a human. You came out of a sarcophagus. (laughs) What? And now you're shooting chocolate milk out of your finger. <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. I mean, at very least, be a little critical of people who shoot hot chocolate out of their fingertips. But Grandma tries to do a couple cool tricks to win her over. Um, the flying the kite is the big one, where she uses a string out of her hand again. Oh, the kite laundry, yeah. Yeah, this is this was supposed to be a really impressive trick. And it, it is for the most part. But... She yeah, so she makes a kite fly high and dries their laundry on it. But it's this was clearly shot very quickly in the winter time, so it's yes. all super snowy. And I just, I mean, as a person who spent most of her life living in the north, I think, why are they hanging laundry out to dry on a snowy day? It's I just going to be frozen. Same thing. Yep, absolutely. From people from the north, we know. Yeah. You don't hang laundry in cold weather. That's just dumb. That's stupid. You're just going to have frozen laundry. Yeah, the whole laundry thing. I get it. It was supposed to be a cool, like, little gag here, but. Uh, I pulled a Shania Twain, and that don't impress me much. And Agatha did, too. Yeah, it's like, uh, see, see, you can fly a kite with your finger. (laughs) That don't impress me much. Yeah, I just, no, I wasn't having it. And then Grandma, like, tries to sell herself a bit, and she's, well, she's doing lots of things like spouting off literature for the dad. So that sells the dad. And then she says, also, she records their memories, so, like, she's just, like, a walking, talking, living memory recorder. And That's Thomas challenges her. And he's like, what did I say at 3 o'clock? And this is a pretty cool robot feature. Oh, she yeah. pops out a, a muffin. Do you know where it came from? Because she just hands it to him. A muffin? Yes, it was a muffin. No, I don't remember this. She pops out a muffin from somewhere on her body Hands it to Thomas. He cracks the muffin in half, which is weird. Oh, and he that's pulls what out a note that says what he said at three o'clock that day. Oh, I was wondering. And wonder- it said, I that. Um, okay. "Holy Toledo, it's flying." Okay, yeah, I totally remember that. Now. So it's a piece of paper that reads, "Holy Toledo, it's flying." Inside of a muffin, the grandmother like laid. I don't know. If she like where yeah. she pulled it from. I don't know where. <laughs> I where just she kind pulled of pulled that. 
that puppy out of somewhere. She hands it to him, and I imagine it like her laying an egg, but it's a muffin. Okay. Well, so that's how she records her memory. Cool tricks. And then Timothy gets a bedtime story, we find oh, out. Oh, yeah. I have an observation about this. What? I'll mention it at the end, but let's just say uh, for an all-knowing, all-powerful um, robot, Mm-hmm. Uh, she she could have learned a second tune. Nope. <laughs> she's got to reiterate this one tune. Sings one song That's for all she was programmed 60 for. years. Yep. But, okay. And then... Um, Agatha's yeah. spying the whole time while she's singing to, to Timothy, too, and she's not Agatha's just always creeping and, like, frowning. She's a creepy kid. I mean, yes, I side with her because she shouldn't just replace her mother with a robot, but at the same time... Uh, she needs to get over herself. Like, go about your business. Yeah. Don't accept the grandma. That's fine. But, like, do your own thing, Agatha. Uh, this is like a total Debbie Downer. Ugh. And then, also, we learn grandma plugs herself in at night. So, yeah, yeah. after everybody's asleep, she walks downstairs, plugs herself in, and does a weird dance to, like, a popping sound. It's like... It's and she really like weird. lifts her arms up and down a few times and then sits in a rocking chair. Yeah, it was a strange scene. I I know what they were trying, but it wasn't really working. What were they trying? I it don't know. It kind of had that TikTok feel from from Return to Oz. Was it like lubricating the joints on the robot? Maybe. Agatha too, there's a lot of drama here. She's creeping around and goes into grandma's room while she's charging. Mm-hmm. And this is where she lays into her about how she'll never love her because she's just a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when I was like, yeah, that's just it's true. You shouldn't love totally, a machine. You're totally right right now. That's weird. Yeah. And then she just charges herself back up. And then grandma has to go back. We find out. This is like flash forward. It's We're not the, working out. Well, it's at the end of 30 days. Everybody else is in love with Grandma. Dad's happy. He's more active and engaged with his children. Like, they're all sort of healing, except for Agatha. Right. And since there was a, like, guarantee, 30-day guarantee satisfaction, um, everybody but Agatha is satisfied. So Grandma's got to go. And this is a major guilt trip. And oh, yeah. The brothers don't hold back any punches. They lay no. it on thick. Here's a here's a little sound bite. Is it something that we did? Oh, no. It's something I didn't do. I failed to make all of you happy. What? Satisfaction was guaranteed. You. It's you. Send her back. Send her to the scrap heap. Oh, now, Timothy... I mean it, Daddy. Timothy. They're not messing around. Well, Agatha's little toot. All they want is to pretend Grandma's real. And she's disrupting the illusion. Yeah. Okay, well, Agatha, there's more drama. She cuts down the laundry kite. And then she takes off running. Mm -hmm. Everybody's running after her. And she almost gets hit by a car. Yep. But Grandma runs out, saves her, and gets hit in a very awkward unbelievable yeah. scene they could have really done a lot more with this scene nope it's in no way convincing that anybody was hit by a car i also i had mentioned this to the to our uh, our daughters as we were watching this is i would have preferred a um scene where instead of her just like rolling on the ground and pretending she got hit mm-hmm. like the car wrapping around her kind of iron man style yeah. or something like it being this cool indestructible machine but yeah that didn't that she didn't could happen. have done like uh 
Michael Thor in uh, Zombie Nightmare and rolled for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. She kind of did, but not nearly as long. Didn't Not quite as long. No. But... <laughs> um, so, you know, oh, or she could have done... Remember at the beginning of Monkey Shines when he, like, pirouettes with his... Oh, when he yeah. Gets it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty cool, that too. That would have been a fancy way to go. So this is where the movie lost me. I'm going to be... Oh, right here? about it. Yeah. Up until then, I was like, okay, well, this is kind of weird story to begin with, but I'm rolling with it. But then Agatha, because of this trauma of her almost losing grandma, but grandma gets up and is like, no, I never die. I'll never leave you. There's this whole really uncomfortable, awkward scene about her. Agatha saying, you know, my mom left me. She lied to me, mm-hmm. but you'll never leave me. And it's just like the message. It's a weird message, isn't it? It is really weird to say, like, okay, let's just take this robot and pretend that people you love will never die. As the dad's watching, I'm like, you know, the dad's going to die, right? Well, it's like safe to love a machine because it won't die. Ooh, that sounds like a cool sci-fi. Definitely. But not this one. It just was a really bizarre message. And this is... Mm -hmm. Um, something that happened in the original story too. Yeah, that I don't know if it works. Honestly, it's it's a, it's creepy. A very convoluted idea of death and life. Like it's it's a little backwards. It's I don't I don't know. It's weird. It feels like to me this is where it was like oh a man wrote this. <laughs> Like, oh, yes, mom can be replaced with a a robot. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) As long as they know she won't die. So they're all good with that. And Agatha is now totally cool with having an electric grandmother once she's confirmed grandma can't die. Because she was essentially afraid to lose somebody else. Which is really kind of tragic and sad. And I, I did like this part of the movie a lot where you see this confession and this honesty come out of this little girl where she's been carrying this burden around of fearing attachment to anything because Mm -hmm. of her mother's death and then when she finds out that grandmother won't die she can she can give herself over to her she can love this grandma which on one end is like okay good for her she can move on but then on the other is like tragic when you think about it oh it's horrible it's just a really strange premise and then Okay, they play in the snow, and Agatha tells Grandma she loves her. And then... <laughs> this comes out of nowhere. Okay. So, Grandma's like, King of the Hill! And she runs up, and then each kid runs from the bottom of the hill, even though it's actually not a real hill. Right. It's supposed to be a hill, I guess. And the kid starts as a child, runs up the hill, and at the top of the hill, they're like... 20 something yeah and they're giving grandma a hug thanking her for all of her years of service and they're going off to live their life yeah so first thomas then timothy then agatha yeah they're gonna go away and yeah it took them an entire lifetime to run up that hill was the moral of the story although did you notice um dad was the only one that didn't age well i mean the kids were like 12. It's just a few years. So. Sure, but at the same time. Like, maybe he would have had a few more gray hairs. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. 
So now it's just dad and grandma. They're walking back to the house. And she says, I guess I'm going back to the factory now, which is so sad. Oh, this part of the movie made me laugh out loud because she basically goes to a knitting circle. It, in back the in the factory for like retired grandmas. It's just a bunch of grandma robots in a circle in rocking chairs knitting, mm-hmm. talking about their former lives of like everything they learned from their grandchildren and stuff. And that's kind of how I think think it is to get old you just talk about your children to people who don't care and they just listen patiently until they can talk about their grandchildren it's real life for sure so then we go back to old thomas who this takes us back to the beginning of the movie yeah we're bookending it here old thomas says they didn't need grandma for many years uh and he's going back to the storage because now they need grandma again and uh, he also uses this time to drop what they all did in the f- ensuing years between their teenagedom and, uh, like, eight old adulthood. Oh, right, yeah. Agatha became a doctor. Mm-hmm. Timothy built a base on the moon. A per- The first permanent base on the moon. And what did Tom do? He wrote 16 books. <laughs> wow, that was very specific. I know, right? <laughs> and so he comes back. To this knitting circle, he interrupts it as she's still talking about him. Like, 40 years, 50, 60 years later, I don't even know how old he's supposed to be. And she's like, listen to the soundbite of Agatha. And she, like, holds her finger up to an old lady's ear. And it plays something Agatha said 50 years ago. He comes in, and he's like, I need you again, grandmother. But now he is older than the grandmother model. I really liked this scene a lot. I thought it's it was the really... creepiest ending. No, I thought it was really sweet. Like he walks in and this poor robot has just been sitting in a circle for like 60 years knitting, talking about her grandchildren. And then he comes in all old and decrepit and is like, I need you. And it gives her this one last moment to like feel useful again. What a jerk, though. He has kids. He has grandkids. That old robot could have been helping if she has feelings. (sighs) And then we find out that all three kids have been living in the house and they are all old as dirt, by the way. Well, they say they survived. so old. (laughs) Thomas says that they survived. Also, we should say that when the old grandmothers are talking, they all talk about how they think they can feel. It's very important. It's strange that there is this emphasis, both in this one and the original, that these robots might feel and might be real. Like there's, It's like a velveteen rabbit. If you love it enough, it'll come to life. And she shows back up at the house and yes. singing the one and only song she's ever learned. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Also, did you notice that, so decades have passed and it's the same drapes, the same wallpaper, the exact same house. It's basically your grandma's house. Like, nothing changes that long. My grandma's houses change. Um, okay. okay. Well, kind of. I, this part of the movie... Made me laugh because... It's ridiculous. Well, and our daughters are characters. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot to say about this. And when it's flashing back and forth between the young child and the old, really old person to show them <laughs> yes. that this is as though we don't know who this is. Our youngest, who's seven, just was going, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so 
electric grandmother is now like a geriatric nurse. And then she pulls um, the kite trick again. Yep. And our daughter again, who's the the comedian of the family, very um, wisely made the observation that now she's hanging old people clothes <laughs> on the kite. Yes, it was it was pretty funny. Although I will say, I have worked in a nursing home, and I feel like at that advanced age, it's kind of like dealing with children once again, at, at least in some instances. And they are all filled with wonder, like, ooh, look at this magic laundry kite. Yeah. And um, that's that. That's the way it it. ends. It's an interesting little, it's only 50 minutes. It's a very short uh, made-for-TV program. Mm -hmm. What? We've got a little bit to discuss here at the end. Okay. What are your thoughts on it now? It was weird. It was. I was actually pleasantly surprised because I was afraid that my memory would make it like lame, mm-hmm. or like it would be more lame than I remembered. Oh, like Young Einstein. <sighs> Let's not talk about Young okay. Einstein, <laughs> but the Young Einstein incident. Yeah, we will um, not talk about that. Never. But why <laughs> to bring that up? But I feel like it kind of held up in its own weird way. Like, it's strange. It really is strange. And I can see why it's stuck in my memory so well, because it's so different. What about you? What are your thoughts? Because this is your very first viewing of it. I, um, it was very simple. Yes. moved a little too quickly, honestly. I could have seen this. I don't know if it has been. I didn't even look into this, which is kind of a surprise. If it's been adapted into like a feature length film, not a TV movie, but this I don't is think so, and this has got uh, movie written all over it, but it would have to really be reworked. And yeah, I think that a lot of the emotions were rushed. I think a lot of the story was rushed. A mm-hmm. lot of the um, relationship where we got from point A to point B was rushed. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to follow. Now this is where I'll bring in the Twilight Zone episode. Okay. Because flashback to, you know, 40 years earlier or whatever. 20 years. Is 20, oh, yeah, 20 years. It was 62. Oh, that's interesting. It was mm-hmm. exactly 20 years. Mm-hmm. So 20 years earlier, it's a shorter episode. It was only a 20-something minute episode. Yeah, so in quick. half the time, less than half the time, they got to pull the same story out. And yet so much of the the story is still there. Yeah. In many ways... I'm going to be biased because I, growing up, was a huge Twilight Zone fan. Massive. Mm-hmm. I instantly, you know, was in. Um, but there were parts of the Twilight Zone episode that I actually thought were far more effective. Hmm. Um, and I liked more. But I don't know if I could pick one over the other. I think it's one of these things where you should watch them both. Because by watching them both, you now have the story. And you know what the story's all about. Yeah. I think my general impression overall was uh, maybe not the coolest story. Maybe not the most interesting or innovative. But um, it was okay. It was... It It just sent such a weird message, I guess. It is bizarre, isn't it? We're watching it with our daughters. And I Mm -hmm. thought, this what a weird message to send to children. That, like, if you lose a parent, 
uh, just get a robot because they'll never leave you. Well, that's I not mean, how you deal with death and grief. Also, obviously not an option, but our kids were savvy enough to just be like, well, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, they did laugh when I got up and told them the moral of the story was that um, you should replace your parents with robots. Um, they laughed. But yeah, I, I think I enjoyed the Twilight Zone episode a lot. So some of the differences, the scenes where they are picking out the grandma parts mm-hmm. were far darker. I thought there was like a a whole table filled with eyeballs that they're picking out. And yeah. The arms that are sticking through the wall. It was just a little bit more morbid and creepy. Mm-hmm. I also liked the voice selection of the Twilight Zone episode more. So in the movie, The Electric Grandmother, they speak into that megaphone. It kind of talks back to them. But in the Twilight Zone, there's this um, dashboard kind of looking computer mm-hmm. that has a bunch of buttons. And it's got like low kind of low, medium, you know, all Mm -hmm. the way up to very high. And they can press a button and it will speak in the grandmother's voice and Mm -hmm. they can press like very high. Oh, that's too high. That's too low. And then they they push like medium and they hear the grandmother's voice and they're like, that's the one that we want. I kind of liked that idea. I thought that was that was kind of cool. I like the other one. I I felt like the the 80s one was creepier and stranger. I liked the, the way that... The episode overall or the voice scenario? Well, the, like, grandmother selection. Because it was, like, these hairs, just a single hair that they had to look at and go, mm. that Yeah, color, the that Twilight color. Zone had wigs, like, on yeah. a spinning thing. The I don't know. I, f- I felt like, like the weird floating shadows, all of it. It was so... That whole section reminded me of Return to Oz in some way. I'm not... I can't even put my finger on it. With all the heads and stuff, sure. Well, but... I mean, there wasn't even a head in this. But there's something about it that's comparable. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Overall, yeah, I I dug it. I mean, I'm a a sci-fi fan for sure. And Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a dark kind of horror sci-fi fan. And this fills that void. But I would say... um, if there hasn't been, I would have to look it up. I would love to see somebody try and tackle this in a yeah. feature film. I don't know. I don't know what you would do or even if it would be worth it. Yeah, I don't know. But it was cool overall. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Like, don't get the wrong message. We're we're actually having a conversation about it. However, um, 100%. It's a think fun, you should watch a it. fun yeah. watch. It's funky, and you should definitely watch both. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say, don't watch one and not the other. I, yeah. And I'm, I'm very interested in reading the book now because I yeah. want to know what he did with it and if he changed anything or if it just kind of basically is the same. I'm actually more curious about reading the book and seeing how it relates to the poem, like looking for the inspiration in the poem. If oh, it yeah, was that's interesting. If it was just like the the phrase I sing the body electric or if it's an homage to the human body. Because the yeah. series like or not the series both films have nothing to do with an homage to the human body but that's what the poem is about. Yeah, the 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 well, okay, so I thought about that. Okay. The poem is about the body and how the body and the parts of the body mm-hmm also inform like the soul and how the soul is more than than just parts and it was really it was very interesting 
But what it made me think was you could adapt this to a robot having a soul. Like the idea that it's not just pieces and parts that look like a human, but there's more to it than just the parts. But it was also about like being in your body, like being a a human. It was so much about the experience of being human. So it's very strange that it would be taken in such a, a different direction about robots. So I'm curious to see if there's some sort of bridge in that book where you get the the sense to be made of that leap from the human yeah. experience to the robot. Because obviously the poem has nothing to do with robots. Yeah. But how, when you pull it back a little, just mm-hmm. back up, how incredibly rad is it? That Ray Bradbury was looking at Walt Whitman for inspiration. Oh, sure. <laughs> that's so cool. I, I just think that's really cool. Oh, that's so common, though. Well, there you go. That's The Electric Grandmother. Uh, definitely check it out if you can. I don't know. I, I I guess I didn't even look to see if it's available anywhere because we have it on tape. But um, I do know that The Twilight Zone is available on Amazon and stuff. I so. bet The Electric Grandmother's on YouTube. Yeah, Some weirdos put Yeah, it on I'm sure there. it's on YouTube. So check it out. It's an, it's an interesting, it's very quick. It's only 50 minutes, but, you know, it's an interesting little snippet of an 80s TV movie that was a little bizarre. And, a little bit and out creepy. There, although it was very well received. It yeah. was nominated for like an Emmy. and Really? Yeah. It won all these awards. Weird. Yeah. It was very, very popular. Also, um, that old lady was from stuff because I recognize. Yeah, she was her. from a bunch of stuff. They all did a great job too. I thought that. Um, I mean, uh, Agatha maybe not. She was kind of. She was a kid. I mean, she was a child. Yeah, child I don't actors. Everybody knows. Uh, but but yeah, it was well acted too, and well shot. But there you go. That's the electric grandmother. And Where is the sarcophagus? I don't know. Where is? Will everything? you get that for me for my birthday? Sure, Thanks. I will. Well, if you liked what you heard. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on instagram at lasergraves you can check us out at lasergraves.com or anywhere you get your podcast we're at uh, podbean spotify itunes all that stuff if you want to follow our personal accounts on instagram i'm at death at 33 rpm i'm at mariah rose wimmer and uh thanks for listening we are going through we've got like a Kind of a little bit of a stack now because we had... We got a fat stack. We do. We had a couple movies that we thought we'd get to by now and we didn't. Um, I don't know if we'll get to them. What? Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. been teasing The Golden Child. Oh. And I I kind of feel do. like it's time. It's sitting right there. Shoot. But don't hold your breath. Nah, next week. Golden Child, 100% next week for... Sure. <laughs> Not. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>